it's time to shake up that paradigm. Welcome to Infinite Banking Radio. Hey everyone, this is uh, Patrick Donahoe. Welcome to Infinite Banking Radio. Uh, I'm excited to uh, to be sharing with you some thoughts from the uh, the Investor Summit at Sea. And for those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a few years now, uh, know that every year I have uh, the incredible opportunity to come aboard a cruise ship for an entire week, uh, put on by the Real Estate Guys Radio Show. And, uh, and and speak and share what uh, what Paradigm Life does. And uh, it's awesome because we get to join a lot of other investors and a lot of other speakers and faculty. And uh, so this uh, this year, we're uh, gonna summarize the, the, the summit, uh, talk about takeaways, talk about some of the speakers, talk about insights. And I have nobody better to do that with than an incredible man that I've known for a few years now named Jay Massey. Jay, welcome to the, the podcast. Excellent. Glad to be here. The podcast is no longer foreign to Jay Massey. Jay Massey <laughs> is, uh, has an awesome, awesome podcast. Why don't, you, why don't you plug that briefly before we get started? Well, if you want, you can go over to cashflowdiarypodcast.com. It's going to take you straight to the uh, download uh, link through iTunes, cashflowdiarypodcast.com. Jay has uh, an amazing story that we'll get to a little bit later in this, uh, in this recording. Uh, about his ventures in real estate, where he started, what he's doing. Uh, it's incredibly inspiring, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, but I, what I thought we'd do is actually talk a little bit about this year's summit. I think it was it, it was different, because you've been on the summit a few years with me, yes. and uh, and we've had a specific set of speakers, and they've always revolved around real estate, real estate investing, and it may be international real estate, it may be uh, domestic, it may be rental, maybe commercial, maybe syndication. There's a lot of different ways in which you can, you can participate in real estate domestically. Uh, but this year, we had some unique speakers, unique faculty that brought a different perspective, not because they invest in real estate differently because they don't invest in, it's because they don't invest in real estate at all. Right. And, uh, and so we, uh, you know, Jay and I have, have had awesome conversations in the past and, and we'll have one today just about how that variety of, of faculty helps us be better investors uh, and know what's ahead, know how to better prepare for uh, the different turns that the economy uh, will take in the future because there's never been a thing as a static human being or a human society. Everything is always changing and, and evolving, uh, ebbing and flowing, and, and that's not gonna. It's gonna be indicative of the future as well. So we'll we'll talk about that. So I, what I thought I'd do first is just uh, talk to the newer listeners. For those of you who are listening. Uh, for the first time, uh, definitely go and, and check out our website. We have a lot of resources on our website. It is www.paradigmlife.net. Uh, on there, we have uh, some free material, specifically a new e-course that we created uh, a couple years ago called Infinite 101. You can register for free. It has uh, all the material that you really need to become familiar with what we do as a company. So go ahead and check that out. The website, again, is www.paradigmlife.net. Okay, Jay. So let's get uh, let's get down to the the nitty gritty. Like it. The nitty gritty. Yes. Let's uh, <laughs> you know, Nacho Libre. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so I, I think this year, what what uh, what I was coming into the summit uh, hoping to gain, which I did, uh, was how to look at some of the the pessimistic views of our economy, uh, which have a lot of validity, and uh, and how that would apply to my perspective of things, my business strategy, my investing strategy, sure. and and I think I I accomplished that. So this year, I mean, we we had the the variety of speakers range from very successful real estate uh, uh, individuals, Kenny McElroy being one of them, who is a rich dad. 
advisor. Uh, also, uh, John Turley, who is uh, the number one international realtor uh, this year that lives in, in Belize on Ambergris Key. Uh, so we had uh, some amazing perspective as far as different real estate plays. Uh, but as I said in the beginning, we also had some different perspective on other types of assets and where the economy is going. Uh, Matt's uh, uh, Kirchner, is it Matt Kirchner? Kirkhoff. Kirkhoff. Uh, Matt Kirkhoff was here uh, from the Dow Theory. We had Peter Schiff, uh, who uh, is is uh, he's a syndicated radio talk show host. He is uh, makes several appearances on very popular uh, news stations, specifically business related and investing related. He's also testified in front of Congress uh, and a very opinionated individual. And uh, he added quite a, a bit of uh, perspective this uh, this week, which is very valuable. Uh, and then we also had Simon Black. Simon yep. Black uh, runs The Sovereign Man and is a very, in fact, Simon Black is not even his name. <laughs> and, uh, and so he came on the cruise ship uh, with right. his parents, which yes. was uh, very interesting. And he and he talked uh, a lot about his perspective of uh, where we're at in you know the, our, our history of a, as a human race, the different uh, historical events that have happened in the past, and the different cycles that have taken place and perhaps leading to a potential cycle that we're about to uh, be exposed to go through in, in, the, in the near future. Uh, so it's awesome to have his perspective. So, Jay, I know that we've, we've spoken already about these subjects, but what were, how did some of those perspectives, not necessarily being your perspective, uh, help to, to make you a better investor, make you a better uh, a person, and make your, your overall strategy more successful. Well, and I just first let me say that all of those perspectives are well-earned. They all have validity. And at the end of the day, we must, as you know, full, well-rounded human beings, as opposed to narrow-minded human beings, must consider the possibility of those that may we may consider the antithesis of our actual perspective. We can't always uh, expect and only operate in, in a one-direction, unidirectional environment uh, and never expect that something negative might happen or something might be contrary. If our supposition is incorrect, we should question it at the at the beginning or at some point so that you can at least be prepared. Mm -hmm. So if nothing else, you gain the opportunity to come up with additional things you would have never considered simply because you don't look at it the same way. And and being able to be prepared in that situation helps you protect you, protect, your, protect yourself, protect your family, uh, so that you can still go out there and know how to operate in the environment and understand the main thing is that I think um, we we want or we hope we we think you know okay I got my assets now I can just take the foot off the pedal and coast and there's really no such thing as coasting that's probably the one thing you could walk away from this uh, event this year is that there's no such thing as coasting you must continuously pay attention or at least hire somebody to pay attention for you so that you can make sure that you can you can pivot when you need to because if you're not paying attention that you know once okay is not always okay the things can and do and often change and it's our job as you know, you know, uh, responsible human beings, responsible business people to make sure that we are paying attention to the markets and how they move and not just, ooh, it moved, but okay, if it moves this way, this is my, this is the response I should take because these are the things that I believe. And, you know, being able to get some additional insight into other options that were out there was, has been absolutely valuable. Being willing to question some of the suppositions that have been made ha has also been valuable. And it was also good to, you know, in a sense to be able to defend some of the suppositions and give some additional input as to, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but you you know, we, we still have all of these other options available before we have to call it quits and say, oh, my gosh, it's over. Let's pull the ripcord and bail on this thing. <laughs> well, I th and I think 
like you said, I, I think everybody, I mean, there's, there's no, the only certainty in life is change. The only certainty right. is really uncertainty. Right. And it's always been that way. And I, I feel that if people become stagnant and unaware and not willing to really pay attention, uh, they're, they're really missing the idea behind life, which is the fact that mm-hmm. we're always going to evolve. We're always going to progress, hopefully. And, and there's always going to be new things that are on the horizon that could change, you know, our different, our different perspectives. And so I think that Peter and Simon really helped us to really look at, okay, why do they feel that way? Why does Peter feel that the dollar is going to collapse? There's going to be hyperinflation and then take that and really solidify your argument as, as far as where you think things are going. Because if you just had your perspective and not the other side of things, then you're, you're in a sense misled and deceived because your perspective may be right. Okay. But if you don't know the other argument, the other side of the coin, then how are you going to, to ever make a rational argument in the event that things do change? And I think people often catch themselves. And it's, it's also the same thing. It's with people that do think there's this hyperinflation. They think that, you know, the, the economy is going to implode. America is going to cease to exist. That is also irrational to a degree. Even though their variables are the variables to their equation and their opinion are sound, they're missing a lot because there's always going to be two sides to to an argument. Always. It, and well, you could almost argue that there's three sides: his side, her side, and actually what actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what it comes down to is, you know, for me, when it when regardless of what side, hyperinflation, deflation, all that stuff is irrelevant because it's all measured in a, in a in a fiat currency that has really no value but utility value. And now, while we're going to talk about utility value. Uh, real estate has utility value. It has always had utility value. We had a cave. My, this was my cave. You know, hey, yep. you, it, it has utility value. You don't come in my cave where I club you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're a little bit more evolved, uh, hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, at this moment. And, you know, we've got property rights and all these other things. Either way it goes, I still have utility value, worst case scenario. And I can, I can lease or trade that utility value in exchange for any good or service that I may need because every human needs shelter. Shelter. Yep. No, it's. I mean, and, and that comes down just to the nature of money. And I wish we had, you know, a whole couple hours to really talk about how money originated. <laughs> that it's a medium of exchange. That money has no value. I mean, you can even argue that gold and silver have no value because if people don't say it has value, it doesn't have any value. Right. And so at the end of the day, it's really what individuals demand, and that's right. where investing comes from. It talks about somebody looking for an overall problem and creating a solution right. or looking for an overwhelming demand and creating the supply. And that's ultimately where commerce, where exchange takes place. And so looking at his perspective, and I agree with a lot of a lot of his points, but I feel that the variety of speakers we've had this year has allowed individuals to really start to think, what do I really believe? Right. What do I think is going to happen? And how am I going to position my business, my real estate to take advantage of some of the problems? And if those problems don't happen, how am I going to be better off if it, you know, in, in that event, if they don't happen. And that's, that's one of the things I love about real estate. I can play the both sides of the fence. You know, if I'm thinking inflation, great, I'm going to be the owner and, and lever up and have a ton of debt. If I'm thinking deflation, I'm going to be the lender and have a ton of mortgages out there. I can play either side of the fence, depending yeah. on whatever I, whatever it is I believe. And I can exchange one for the other, uh, really fast when you know what you're doing. And that's, what's really cool is, you know, but at the end of the day, you still have utility value. There's so many options that are available. But what was really cool is understanding that real estate, yes, while it is, quote unquote, local and local is relative to where you are right now. When I say international, it's anything outside of the U.S. For you, international might actually be the U.S., you know, and there's many ways to make that work uh, at the end of the day. And everybody, 
in the entire world uh, has a use for real estate. So it's the you know the idea of diversifying outside of the U.S. Mm-hmm. for for us was definitely something that was was neat and new to think about, especially then using that real estate to produce something that could be exported. That was very very key. Well, one of the and the thing that uh, I really liked, and again, it goes to the versatility of real estate because there's so many different things you can do with like let's say oil. Oil is a commodity that most people would associate with what energy. But oil produces a million other byproducts that nobody right. – I mean the aspirin that people take is created from <laughs> petroleum byproducts. So it's it's like you, you look at real estate and maybe it doesn't have thousands of things that you could do, <laughs> but it has a lot of other versatility. Okay, right. So one of the th- we were on a panel and we talked about a lot of the middle class and through what's going to – that may, may be happen in the future with uh, a currency crisis or a currency war or a devaluation or whatever – there's a lot of things that are going to happen to the middle class, but there's also going to happen. It's also going to happen to the the less fortunate, the more poorer class. And I know that you primarily invest in a lot of C C type of uh, apartments, and you've done very 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 successful with that. Um, but you had an incredible answer in relation to one of those concerns, which is what happened. I mean, the middle class they're going to have, it's going to be very painful for them. But what about the other class where it's going to be just as painful? Who are your tenants? What's going to happen to them? And your response was amazing. Thank you. Uh, the Well, at the end of the day, the, the government tends to always step in and protect housing in some way, shape or form. They give them a place to stay. And we've done this before. They create, you know, these really big buildings that they put people in and boom, now they have a place to stay. But either way it goes, the point is they will have a place to stay. The only question is, is who will own it? Uh, will it be you? Will it be me? And will the government come to us and say, hey, can you help us out? Or will they just do it themselves in their own you know, special way? At the same time, any individual who's living somewhere, the, the whole tenant base shifts downward. You know, I've seen an increase in the, the relative credit score. You know, that's a that's a that's an indicator for me when I see my credit scores increasing for my class of tenant. That tells me that the, it's not that my class of tenant has necessarily improved their credit. It's that the higher classes are coming down to the the lower class or different neighborhoods. They're being forced to go to the other side of the tracks, typically due to no fault of their own. They're they're definitely in a situation in which. Uh, inflation is beginning to affect them. Their dollar doesn't buy as many square feet as it used to. So, but they still need a place to stay at the end of the day. So you're basically saying that if, if something happens, A class will go to B, yep. B class will go to C, yep. and then C class will go to maybe government housing or, or something. Correct. So, and then even if that wasn't the case, there's still still so much utility associated with real estate because right. you don't necessarily always have to rent it. You can turn nope. into retailer. You can turn yep. into a, a lot of other things as well. I was, um, I had the privilege of going to Estonia. Um, and I was, when I was in Estonia, I, I got to see, you know, a, a recently, we'll call it recently emerging economy from, you know, the whole communistic way. I, I saw the Soviet construction, a lot of their, their, the way they were using real estate, that same building that was previously residential is now becoming commercial. The use is changing and it's still the same, you know, square footage or in their case, square meters. It, it, at the end of the day, they, they're using it differently, but it doesn't it doesn't just suddenly go away. You know, at the end of the day, the building is still going to be there. People are still going to need to use it. They're going to need the place to live, work, play or lay uh, the, that that never goes away. What changes is the creativity behind behind how we use it, how we finance it, how we extract value from it. And and if it comes down to it, then you can use my real estate in, in exchange for five pounds of coconuts every month at the end of the day to make it work. So that so again, it, it, and I know one of the comments you made about Estonia, which, you know, the post Soviet Union country, 
is uh, is that the government housing that was created for the very less fortunate was you know smaller than the size of our our you know our sea cabins on this cruise ship. Yeah. And that people made it work. Yes. And that's that's been the case. Now, hopefully, it doesn't get to that. And and right. I don't I don't think it will. But in the event that it does, there's it doesn't mean that your real estate is worthless. No. The strategy changes. So at the end of the day, like you said, it always have that. You know that dynamic it'll have that value proposition which is shelter over somebody's head absolutely okay so at the end of the day look looking at the point of us kind of going on to that under that tangent is looking at the perspective of people that think that the economy is in bad shape that it is going in a bad direction and it's not correctable okay you can't correct it it's it's like it's a ship that does not it's so big that it's going toward some sort of iceberg and it's going to hit the iceberg that's the perspective that these guys have now whether it's right or wrong, we don't we don't know. We don't know until the actual event happens. But in the event that it happens, this is kind of like your insurance policy. It's like if it doesn't happen, you have your perspective and it's going to be profitable for you. If it does happen, you have a backup plan. That's the point. Absolutely. Uh, but the one thing is, is I, I what I have trouble assimilating is if it does happen, how is a paper asset going to help me? <laughs> I'm still missing that piece because at the end of the day, that paper is still paper. It has very little utility except maybe to produce some heat if I burn it. And I'm just, you know, but at the same time, I can always say and stake my claim if I have to and back that claim up with a gun if I need to, to make sure that you can use my real estate. Yep properly in the way that I want you to in an exchange for some other course of value. And this goes to another, it goes to a much deeper conversation because I, I think, <laughs> and, it, and I'm gonna, I'll probably leave it, my opinion at this, is is the fact that we're such a, we're a global, we're a global country at this point. Right. Okay. You have the United States, but we're global. Everything's right. international. Everything's interdependent. You look at exchange rates and if something massively happens to the U.S., it is going to, it's going to be a ripple effect, a domino effect that happens in a snap. It'll be yeah. that quick and it won't be good for, it won't be good for anybody. So if that's the case, it doesn't really matter what you own. Okay. Your biggest asset at that point is going to be food, guns, and a really big place to live in the middle of nowhere where nobody can find you. <laughs> right. Okay. And so, so my point is you look at just money in general and paper in general. I mean, yeah, paper assets have never really had much, much value ever. It's really the goods and services that they represent that does have the value. And a lot of people are going to get hurt in the event that that happens. There's probably going to be some sort of a correction in my opinion. Um, but at the same time, my how I think the end game is going to occur is either the world's going to explode or we're going to figure out a way to survive and move forward because it's to nobody's benefit that the that the, that first option that I talked about uh, occurs. I mean, it, it's nobody wants that. It's not going to benefit anybody. So looking at all the technology that our society is creating right now, mm. looking at the medical breakthroughs that we have, looking about how, how communication is occurring, how prices are coming down in so many different industries, it's very exciting. And I think human nature wants to survive. It wants to prosper. It wants to move forward and it's to nobody's benefit that everything collapses okay mm -hmm. so hopefully the you know government kind of gets out of our way lets us do that and, and <laughs> maybe it takes some sort of reset to for that to happen but anyway i think here looking at those perspectives it, it's made a lot of people a lot of people think but you and i both saw how the conversation changed in our in our panel this morning because yes. you have a lot of pessimism and you have a lot of people that you know are taking action as far as their investments and their portfolio is concerned to position themselves. So if something does happen, they capitalize on that. 
But we also started to talk about being mission driven, being community driven and talking about, you know, a lot of the other individuals that were on the panel and what they're doing. Kenny McElroy, even though he's an insanely successful real estate investor, uh, is an incredible philanthropist. You look at Josh and Lisa Lannon, who wrote the book uh, Social Capital mm-hmm. Capitalist. They made an incredibly successful business that actually just sold around a private rehabilitation center for drug and alcohol and other other things. And then you look at you know some of the other things, some of the things that you're doing, whether it's the nursery on some of your, you have a, it, it's daycare, daycare on some of your properties, daycare. and some of the other things you're doing, like uh, basketball tournaments and yes. board games, just things where you have a mission behind it that, I mean, you saw the energy change there, how profound the conversation changed, the people being excited about creating creating solutions to problems that are evident. Because that's the thing is, when you have, you have a massive amount of problems, right. okay, it indicates that there is a massive amount of solutions. And so those that are trying to capitalize on the problems by not creating a solution, I don't think that's that's the best way of looking at it. Okay? <laughs> okay. But at the same time, if you're able to identify those problems, right. and I think that may be a good transition into, into your story, but identifying those problems and creating a solution for those problems is what's going to change the world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and that's that's what we as real estate entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general, we solve problems for a profit, period. And, you know, uh, and to, to be very clear, the the whole idea of putting, you know, daycare centers is is what we want to do for our properties and we're looking forward to that that right property to execute those strategies it takes a lot of time we're looking forward to actually getting one actually done but the point to make is when you understand your your customer when you understand the problems you have the ability to move forward uh, I, I know myself you know it wasn't a that when <laughs> how we got started in real estate wasn't a a normal start per se and and to and, and to make sure that your you know your listeners patrick understand and, and we don't spend another 40 minutes on just my story i'll just go really briefly you know my our four way uh, our, the way we got in started with you know uh my wife when she's pregnant she has a condition known as hyperemesis you probably have never heard of it you're going to rewind and say what did he say i said hyperemesis if you're a doctor you know what it is uh, or if you had it you know what it is uh, that's the only reason you would know but at the end of the day it means she could not eat or drink while pregnant now many of you probably understand that eating and drinking is somewhat necessary for life and even more so for pregnant ladies uh but she couldn't do it she almost died a number of times which then stressed me out i goes to blow off steam and i play and i went to go play volleyball and i jumped high i landed on guy's head punctured my lung i was born with asthma and developed pleurisy now i couldn't walk and talk simultaneously without fainting this started us selling our personal possessions on eBay because we didn't know what to do. And it got to the point to where we were technically squatting and bank on property, homeless, not knowing where to go, trying to run from the sheriff. And then around that time, a friend comes to me and says, hey, your solution is to become a real estate investor. Now, I promise <laughs> you, my, my initial reaction was not, yeah, great idea. It promise you, it wasn't that. Because uh, I had a credit score of 398 and we couldn't put in $75 together. I was trying to sell stuff on eBay, literally Thursday, Friday, sell it so that on Saturday, Sunday it would sell and hopefully the money would come in by Monday because if it didn't, we didn't eat. Yet, learning how to create solutions for other people was what lifted us out of that situation. Uh, failing that, I don't know what would have happened, but it's a new evolution of thinking. It's going to take a new evolution of thinking for yourself as well as us to continue to solve other people's problems uh, at a profit at a time, unfortunately, where it's becoming less and less popular to be a capitalist or to be an entrepreneur simply because, you know, you get classed in some sort of percentage club. Uh, unfortunately, the, the very solution is to go out there and identify a problem and solve it, which by default ends up solving most of your own financial issues. And, and, and just let me say this to be clear, 
No one, not even you listening right now, has a financial problem. No one has a money problem. We all have an idea problem, but no one has a money problem. And we, because we, we live uh, in, the, in the country that we do, we have the opportunity to be able to take our ideas and create a solution for someone else. And then we exchange value for value, which tends to solve our money problems. Well, you, and look at this problems you solved. I mean, that, that's, at the end of the day, when you're, when you're dealing with uh, dis- stressful situations, and yours is life and death situations, yeah. and that that makes a person really think about who they are, and it puts you in survival mode. And obviously, you 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 probably watch the Pursuit of Happiness a, a lot. I love I love that movie, and it's kind of a similar, a very similar idea. And obviously, that is very dramatized. Yeah. Uh, some of it is you know obviously true, but at the end of the day, looking at what a person can do with their life, and I think one of the main, and we'll we'll probably do another podcast with just the content of the summit. But I think the reason why I wanted to talk to you is because when people come to the summit. they're able to extract themselves from their life and then come here and see successful individuals and realize that they're not much different than they are. No. And they realize what's possible with their own life. That if they put their mind to something and they create a plan and they look at the opportunity that exists, they can do anything. And you're a perfect example of that because, I mean, I don't know if you can start any lower. Maybe a 397 credit score (laughs) would be a little bit lower. That would be funny. I mean, yes. $50. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> we can't get much lower than it, that. No, but no. look at, but why don't you tell the, the listeners and, and again, I, and I'm not putting words in your mouth, um, but looking at the transformation I've seen you have, mm-hmm. uh, on these, on this cruise over the last few years has been, has been a, incredibly inspiring. Uh, cause your wife has been, been here twice yes. and you've yes. come twice by, by yourself. Um, but looking at, uh, the, just coming here and the inspiration it's given you, uh, maybe tie that in as well, but look, so maybe give us your story about, okay, you started there, but now where are you at right now? Yeah. Well, and that's, that's probably the the fun part today is, is realizing that the struggle can be worth it if you don't quit. So hopefully you heard that. Uh, and what it comes down to is that today we, we, we do get to enjoy hundreds of units of ownership across many different States. We do have one commercial property working on a second. We do have international interest helping to build a resort, but it's not just about making a dollar. It's also about making a difference. So we've worked uh, to create organizations and programs, you know, where we have the ability to, you know, pull in uh, either professional or college level NBA players or basketball players, I should say, so that they can come and contribute to the communities that they came from, as well as then teach them financial literacy through the board game cash flow. Uh, that's been fun. I mean, I, I've I've, I've had the privilege, as I said earlier, to go to Estonia to speak in, in many different places, not only just in the U.S., but across the world. And now, I mean, I'm in the process. Or, well, actually, uh, the book is now out because people keep asking about the story. And, and, I, and I'm doing my best to help as many people understand that they can do it. It's just a series of steps that needs to be done. And that's, that's why the name is Cashflow Diary. It's been a, a diary about cash flow. How do you produce it? How do you make it? You know, whether you want to do real estate or not is irrelevant. The point is, is you've got to produce cash flow in some way, shape or form. You can't just have a single point of failure. And and it's afforded uh, my wife and I a lot of opportunities to have different influences and and, and be in places that we would have never considered. Uh, We were, you know, we were like anyone else. My wife happens to have, you know, two college degrees, but I'm the total college dropout, which is kind of interesting. Uh, But yet all of that stuff, you know, my best ideas, and this is what I want to say, your best ideas created the situation that you currently call your reality. And if you don't like it, if you're willing to take responsibility for that, you can go somewhere new. And that those are the things that, you know, were some of the toughest lessons. But at the same time, that's exactly where the gold is. And when you're willing to wipe the state clean and start over, 
it, you never know what you're going to be able to accomplish. I mean, yes, you know, we have over 300 units. Yes, our goal is to have a thousand units in the U.S. and a million square feet of commercial space. We will get there over time with the assistance of other people because we're going to solve their problems too. We're going to help them make sure that they have a stable retirement plan. We're going to help other people have a clean, safe, affordable place to stay. Uh, you know, we provide, that's what we do. That's what I tell everybody. Our mission is to provide clean, safe, affordable housing to the people that need it when it matters most, which is IE right now. And, and that's what creates the opportunity. You know, so what, what's really cool isn't so much that everything that's happened for us, it's it's about helping other people get their first apartment buildings, helping other people learn how to build cash flow and uh, being able to do it either through a board game or, or through education, through just taking action and going out there, coming to summits like this, meeting people like Patrick. If you've not called Patrick and talked to him, if you're listening to my voice right now and you're like, you know you should have done it a long time ago, get on the phone, make it happen because nothing changes until you do and you've got to take some action to make that happen. So one, one thing, and, and we didn't mention this, and we totally missed the boat and not mentioning this earlier, but we had an incredible speaker that was here, Tom Hopkins. Tom Hopkins, <laughs> probably mo most of you that are in sales, most of you that have been in any right. type of real estate know, know who this is, and he actually came, and he's been incredibly inspirational. But did you catch, I think it was either today or yesterday, and he talked about that equation. The uh, the one, one times one is one. one. Yes. And then he has a half times a half is, is a quarter. A quarter. And then two times two, two is four. Is four. Right. And so what he was talking about is, is the effort you put, you put forth, the effort and uh, the amount of time. time. It's effort and time. Effort and time. And, uh, and looking at that, it brought to, brought to mind a, uh, a quote. It was actually an interview of Will Smith. And Will Smith says, and talked about his competitiveness and how hard he works. And he said, if you and I get on a treadmill, one of two things is going to happen. Either you get off first or I die. <laughs> Have you heard that before? Have you heard that before? No, that was the new one. When I it like does. It. And it, talk, it talks about the idea behind how much effort you can put forth. There's always more. There's always more time you can put forth. There's always more effort you can put forth. And the end result of that is going to be a multiple. Okay, If you put half the effort... If you put half the time, right. you're going to have exponentially less. It's yeah. very, very interesting equation. But I, I look at what you've done and I look at how hard you strive and it's brought you to the point you're at right now. And it's just one of those many inspirational stories that are, that are out there that we hear about. And I'm, I know a lot of our listeners have probably heard inspirational stories, inspirational movies, right. inspirational books, inspirational seminars. Sure. But at the end of the day, nothing's going to change in your life unless you take action. Correct. And I, I think know. the summit, and that's, it's been this way for me. Um, because, you know, openly I've, I've, you know, the first time I did, uh, the summer, the first year, I don't get to speak, uh, in front of groups that often. And, uh, uh just because all of our business is done <laughs> over the internet right, we did, right. and I, there's no real need to do, to do, uh, to do seminars. Um, but I, I didn't really have a lot of technique and not, uh, skills. And so every single year has been very humbling for me. And I hate, I hate to, you know, I don't want to use the word hate, but I, I despise when I don't do something the best that I can. And uh, it's just made me work harder, make, help, helps me develop and put myself in the position of these amazing people like yourself and then Tom Hopkins and uh, Kenny McElroy and you know jo Josh and Lisa and the list goes on, Andy Tanner, the list goes on of all the, there's a massive amount of faculty here this right. year. But it puts me in the position of, of bettering myself because I because I put myself in their shadow which ultimately allows me, you know, allows me to go to the surface as far as 
being a better speaker, being a better motivator, being able to convey my message. And I think it's helped with you as well. Cause I, I, you've been all, you've always been inspirational. Your story has always been inspirational, but this last year from last year until now, you've changed a ton. And I know that you have recognized that. And one of them was because you started your podcast Yeah. and that podcast, I heard the first couple of episodes. I think I saw you, where did I see you? Anyway, but it was, it was amazing. I heard you for the first couple episodes. I'm like, man, this is going to be, he's going to do so good. You better not stop this. Right. But tell, tell, why don't you tell the listeners of how the podcast has transformed the way in which you've spoken, the way in which your message has gotten out to people, the hope and inspiration that's given to them. Well, and, and that's one of the, the craziest things is that you, you start something, you don't really know how it's going to be well received or how well is it going to, is anyone going to listen? Hello, is this thing on? Uh, and to learn that, you know, that there are individuals out there that, that want to develop cash flow, And that's kind of, that was kind of the, the, the the reason it's there is because having had some exposure to some of the rich dad individuals they, they I was counseled by Blair Singer he said you got to get m- you to more people and I'm like I don't know how to do that uh, the idea of a podcast just didn't I didn't understand how it would be used but I'm learning that individuals are using it they're 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 listening they're learning they're taking action and it's it's the cool thing about it is that it's archived forever and it takes a long time yes you must keep listening you can't just hope to hear one episode and know that you're you're going to be you know you have arrived um but doing so has gotten me used to speaking and and making sure that i'm i'm developing individuals developing the audience making sure that they go along this path because developing cash flow it's it's like building an asset from scratch it's kind of like but the book it, it it took it doesn't just happen it's an idea that idea then has to be transformed into some sort of action. You got to put pen to paper or, or record yourself. You got to do something uh, to be able to take this thing and then bring it into reality. And it's a number of steps that are required. And the same thing is true for your real estate. It's the same thing is true for any asset that you would choose to either buy, purchase, or create. The The point is, is it takes time and it's a transformational process because it makes you into a different person to become a content producer as opposed to just a content consumer is is two different things because now you have a responsibility to deliver quality information you have a response it's still a service you're solving issues you're solving a problem and you're able to reach people in ways that you would have never been able to reach we've been able to reach many countries that i would have never been able to reach it's definitely not for the price because it's it's just (laughs) amazing you know that the world, we are willing to take our responsibility in our own hands. We're just looking for those individuals that have the ability to help us in some way, shape, or form. And you could be one of those very same individuals that people just don't know it yet. And that's what's inspiring about just where we're at as a human race. The fact that we're able to communicate so widely at such an inexpensive amount of money. Uh, because a, po- a podcast is profound. And I think a lot of individuals are not, I, I can't remember where the U.S. media started is starting to rank uh, as far as trust worthiness but it is slowly going down the scale because what people are doing is they're going to alternative forms of media they're going to alternative websites alternative feeds uh, podcasts and so forth to get other takes and other perspectives again it goes back to our original point behind being on the summit with a variety of speakers is you need to have more than one perspective that's going to allow you to form your own unique perspective as opposed to hanging on the coattails of somebody else which a lot of people do and so as opposed to trusting ABC or NBC or Fox or whatever the different news channels that are out there is there may be some truth to that but if you don't have some sort of an opposing opinion or multiple Mm -hmm. opinions you're not going to come to the truth for yourself so looking at podcasts it's become this media that individuals are really thriving to learn from and I think you've kind of hit a lot of hot buttons with people showing 
showing it that here's this there here's this this investing strategy that's been there for millennia and <laughs> it is not like it's going to disappear right. there's always a way to to be successful with it even those that, even those that carried through the pre 2008 crash i know a lot of individuals that lost their crap during 2008 and 2009 but i also saw a lot of individuals that hung on right. and they were able to gather the cash and buy a hoard in 2008 and 2009 yeah. and 2010 and it's amazing how much there's been a rebound since then but it really it just comes down to your perspective your drive your goals and what you want out of your life you're never going to be able to put forth half the effort and half the time and get four times as much as you put in that does not work that's against human nature it doesn't work not at all i mean uh, and that's one of the things i guess that's important to understand is that when you create an asset think of it as energy stored uh, and what releases it is when someone takes avails themselves of the use of that asset that's what you're doing so if i'm going out there to create a real estate product or a single family house multifamily house or even a book whatever I'm for a period of time, I'm going to pour into it. And then when I let someone use it, they're only going to give me a little bit of slices, but I can serve a lot of people in a little bit of slices. And then after a while, it feels like a whole loaf of bread, you know, <laughs> and it becomes awesome. So it becomes worth taking the extra time to create the asset because it can serve so many people more than you could individually one-on-one. -on -one. But at the beginning, most people quit before the asset's complete. They don't want to build it because they don't see the more immediate results, but that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> so what's, uh, as we kind of conclude, conclude the podcast, as we're sailing away in the middle of the <laughs> Gulf of Mexico, uh, what's, uh, What's your main takeaway? What's one of your main takeaways as far as whether it's an action step or a new insight or a new perspective or something you're going to do different that's come from come from the summit? The probably the most important and impressive thing to me is that I I always thought the idea of going international was, you know, neat. It would be fun, a little quirky. Um, now it's more, okay, it went from a, that would be nice to do to, I better do this. I, I better do this sooner than later and, and figure that out. And then as a corollary to that, it was maybe I should use, you know, most of my real estate is, is, is in the service industry. What I mean by that is I, I have property that other people use uh, as a service. I allow them to stay there, either house their business or house themselves there in such a way that you know, that's that's what they do. But there's also a play with real estate to make sure that it is produces something. It produces a product or a service that can be exported. So in addition to the international idea, what about the idea of being able to use real estate in such a way that it produces coconuts, berries, trees, something that can go somewhere else? So in the event, it, it becomes an assurance policy. So if something goes wrong locally, someone else still wants the coconuts. Someone still someone else still wants what my land is producing. So I'm not restricted to a local economy yeah. well one thing one thing too and I think it adds adds to your play and you're talking about the international community is the fact that there is literally tens of trillions of dollars of private wealth in the United States right now uh, a little over 80 I've heard different different figures that is a lot of money and it is in the hands the majority of it is in the hands of one primary demographic and this demographic is slowly starting to wind down their careers starting to wind down their families and starting to look at what's their what's their phase two what's their phase three where are they going to go are they going to stay in their right. town are they going to stay with and a lot of people are looking offshore they're looking right. offshore because um you know they don't want to live in the midwest in freezing cold temperatures <laughs> during the entire year and, and that's why you know looking at you know some of the international locations we visited one in belize this yes. uh, uh on this summit uh, but other places as well because the world is be world is international i mean p businesses are doing it's there's international commerce every single day 
And that is just, that's the nature of where we're going as a society. And so that's the thing is U.S., you're limited. Uh, not to say that there are always going to be good opportunities. There's not going to be always good opportunities in the U.S. There's always going to be them. But at the same time, there's going to also be more and more opportunities offshore. Even though it sounds a lot riskier, it could in fact be the, one of the better plays just because of the primary demographic demanding that type of real estate and that type of supply. Well, at the end of the day, risk is relative to knowledge. If you don't know anything, yes, it's risky. Driving a car is risky when you don't know. It's one of the most risky activities we do on a daily basis. But if we just take even a cursory look at one individual, and I'll bring him up real fast, you know, Ben Franklin. That was a while ago, right? But yet he still had bank accounts. I believe it was six different countries. <laughs> so the idea of going international is only foreign to this current generation. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Okay, Jay, why don't you why don't you give the listeners your website one more time? Say how see how they can because uh, I know you have a free ebook that you're that you're giving out, right? The or so a couple chapters. Yes. Basically, if you want to get a couple chapters of my book, it's Cashflow Diary. That's the name of the book. You, This is what you want to do. You want to send a text message. You want to send the word sample to 949-682-3565. Again, I'll repeat. It's the word sample, S-A-M-P-L-E, to 949-682-3565. And for those of you wanting to catch up with us on the Cashflow Diary podcast, it's literally cashflowdiarypodcast.com. Or you can also send a text message to 949-682-3565 with the word podcast, and we'll send you a link as well. It doesn't sound like you've said that before. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jay, it was awesome Awesome to have you on. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. It's awesome uh, to have you guys be educating yourself and figuring out ways in which you can improve your financial situation. Uh, Don't forget to visit the site. Look at our new e-learning platform, Infinite 101. If you are a client, we do have a client page as well. And you can email us at info at paradigmlife.net to gain access to that client portal. That's it for this week. We'll talk to you next time.